Hey, if you go to nbarankings.theringer.com, you can find our top 100 NBA player rankings, which are updated often. You can find our League Pass player rankings, our NBA odds machine that we just launched last week, as well as the trade value, top 70 players, which uh, we ran that last month. And then who knows? I might be updating it again as we get closer to the playoffs. It is called nbarankings.theringer.com. Go there. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you've ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Make this summer the best one yet. Invest in a Simply Safe home security system. I have one. I love it. It's a great way to protect your home when you're not there. Um, you need one, especially during the summer. You know what burglars know? People go away during the summer. That's what happens. So when you're away, you want to make sure your place is protected. You want to make sure that you potentially have little camera things you can watch on your phone to see what, what's happening at your house, at your front door, inside. You deserve some peace of mind. Get it today with Simply Safe. Right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash BS. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. I have new rewatchables coming for you on Monday. We did Catch Me If You Can. It's a Leo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks movie directed by Steven Spielberg. It's awesome. If you want to watch it, it's actually on HBO Max and a couple other places, but that's coming. Monday night. Keep an eye on the Prestige TV podcast as well, because not only are we breaking down The Last of Us and Poker Face, but we're going to start running Succession Hall of Fame episodes starting this week. We did one from season one. If you remember from, I think last year, 18 months ago, we did the Safe Room episode from season two, which I think is the best one out of the three seasons, but uh, maybe you heard the news, Succession, they're wrapping up. This is the fourth and last season coming at the end of March, so we are going to be ready for it with podcasts on the Prestige TV pod as well as The Watch, and we're going to have some Hall of Fame episodes leading up to season four, the final season of Succession. So there you go. So we recorded this podcast during most of the Clippers-Nuggets game. I actually got to watch most of the fourth quarter and then the overtime, the Nuggets won by 10 it was an awesome game. Kawhi looks like two-way Kawhi again. He really does. He had 33, but he's just all over the place on both ends. He was punishing Jamal Murray. He was going at Jokic. It was really great. And then Jokic was spectacular. He finished 40-17-10. And, and I think what's amazing about the season he's having, we talk about it a little bit later in the podcast about how Embiid is inching closer to him and the MVP stuff. But then Jokic will just have another game like tonight. The consistency of him, this is what I grew up with, with the guys like Bird and Magic and MJ, where you just, night after night after night, you would look at the newspaper, USA Today, and you'd be like, oh, Magic had 19, 20 assists and 15 rebounds, and you just wouldn't even blink. And that's the stage Jokic has gotten to. He looks, you watch some of these games, he's got cuts all over him. This game, he had like 
seven bloody cuts. He looked like uh, Mick Foley after a Hell in the Cell match or something. But um, just the way he dissects these teams, it's so much fun to watch. That Ryan Rucco asked J.J. Redick at the end of the game today. He was like, what stands out about Jokic to you? And J.J. said, the patience. And I completely agree. That's what even you, you 30 seconds left, 45 seconds left, 15 seconds left. He's always like dissecting, you know, he's, we already had the doctor and Julius Servant, but we, he's another kind of a doctor. He's just dissecting the game constantly, always making the right decision. Today is 14 for 21 and 12 for 15 from the line. It was a tough loss for the Clippers. It's a lot of more Marcus Morris at the end of that game that I couldn't necessarily agree with. They're trying to figure out what they have. But that fourth quarter, that OT felt very second round, third round-ish to me. Those are two teams that I think um, are probably going to be there. If I had to say who's in the final four in the West, I think I would have those two. I'm not sure who the other two, but I think I would have those two. I can't quit the Clippers even after the Westbrook signing, which we're about to talk to with Jacobian House. First, our friends from Pro Jam. <laughs> All right, 10 years ago this month, one of the great cinematic productions of all time happened, House Eats 3. We have the star of House Eats 3, Joe House, as well as the mastermind behind it. My old Grantland colleague, Dave Jacoby, is here as well. Uh, I, You know, it came and went. I was waiting for a 10-year-old history in like Vanity Fair, New York Magazine, Jacoby, just nothing. It, it just came and went. Well, this anniversary is meaningful to me because there was a House Eats episode that we filmed and never aired that was the real House Eats 3. Right. The Vegas House Eats that we just bailed on. But House Eats 3 is not just the peak of my career, but I also think it's just the peak of artistic achievement by digital content creators. Ahead of its personally. time. That's how I feel as well. And the other thing with House Eats 3 it was the height of just us being able to do stuff and just charge at ESPN without them really <laughs> wondering what was going on. We had, we, we rented out a restaurant. We had judges, like a whole thing, just for, just for a YouTube clip, like thousands of dollars of food. House is thrown up everywhere. We have to pay Wrong. up extra for the cleanup. No, so no, I south, mean, South threw up everywhere. Multiple rooms inside the restaurant, South threw up. He changed yeah. colors. He tried to throw up on you by sticking a finger down his throat. It's really, it's really the <laughs> proudest piece of art i've ever been a part of <laughs> it's somewhere on the internet house you, you there's a link right it's on like vimeo there's a Where link i can i can send it around i get private private requests once or twice a year i make sure that i have <laughs> a, lot a lot of, of like, private requests yeah it was really a, nice of you to invite me on and pretend that we were going to talk about the nba when really we're going to spend the next 90 minutes doing it behind <laughs> the scenes of house seats three <laughs> Sorry, I'm at 120 minutes. My bad. That's that's a special eight part podcast. Let's talk NBA. I had we have a big project at the second part of this. We're gonna do the most improbable 2023 NBA stories. But we gotta start. The Lakers win and the Warriors win. These are the two teams that you could see them making the Western Finals, or you could see them missing the playoffs completely. It looked like it looked like at one point here the Warriors were gonna lose. They're down like nine. Minnesota falls apart. Golden State wins at home. House, if you had to pick a team to ride for the next two to four months 
for from an upside standpoint, would you go Lakers or would you go Warriors? Curry's coming back soon. I am officially on board with the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, it's happening. Oh my okay. God. I'm here okay. to pronounce and, and announce. I believe that the version of the Lakers that we saw today, they are flexible. They can bully you. They are big. They can go small. I think they put on a clinic against that Dallas team. And that Dallas team, who I thought on paper as we exited the All-Star break, might have a sneaky uh, approach, a, a way of, of coming together that, that put them in contention. They're out. I'm done. I'm yeah. off of that Dallas team. I'm out. I, they, they, wow. they are lost. That is a lost basketball team. They can't play with size. Uh, but I was so impressed by the Lakers and, and you know, D'Angelo Russell's played all of about seven and a half minutes for him. The poor guy got a, a bum ankle. It's, it's Jared Vanderbilt. I mean, they, they stole Jared Vanderbilt. They did. At the trade deadline. And all that, that transforms that team. His role on that team, it's a perfect compliment. Malik Beasley's just standing out there catching wide open threes and knocking them down. I really think that this Lakers team, obviously it all comes down to health with them, but you know, they, they have load bandage successfully up to this point. If I, well, this is like a first take monologue from house between those I, two teams. I, I could see Lakers. him on a split screen with Perk and Stephen A just going for three minutes. This was impressive with like Thank the you. little graphic underneath the Lakers are contenders. Like in quotes, something like that. Jacoby, are you in on the Lakers? No, no, I'm not in on the Lakers. Absolutely not. Um, I, I thought that the headline was like, they reunited with D'Angelo Russell. Guess what? Jared Vanderbilt is the headline of this trade. You saw what he did today, the difference that he makes, what he does for Anthony Davis. You know, that, that, that play with Dennis Schroeder takes it by himself at the end of the game with, with Anthony Davis trying to post up, misses, you'll never believe this, misses the left-handed layup. Vanderbilt's just pushing people out of the way, swinging his arms around, batting balls, getting rebounds. Like, Vanderbilt, you know, if, if you weren't paying close attention, he's, he was very effective when he was in Minnesota. And I think it's exactly what this Lakers team needs. And, you know, if Russell gets healthy, that'll be great. But, like, this team is not – I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make the play-in, maybe yeah. make the playoffs. And then you see them going up against the uh, Grizzlies or the Nuggets. They're, they might win a game. But how you would rather be them than the reigning champion Warriors who are about to return Steph Curry. I just want to make sure I heard that correctly. I think the Warriors are snake bit. I think every time that they've had a chance to string something together, they just, you know, it's it's half a step forward and two steps back. We will find out the results of Draymond Green's MRI when this podcast is up overnight, you know, tonight into tomorrow. And that will determine the fate of, of this team. But this is the, the version of, of the defending champs that we've gotten. It started with a punch before we even really got rolling. Mm. And every step along the way, the biggest problem for the poor Warriors is they made a gamble on the bench, and the bench turns out to stink. They they look at Moses Moody played four minutes tonight. They had poor Patrick Baldwin. They had to press into service. I mean, this is the 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 version of the Warriors that unfortunately we get this season. Steph will come back, and I think they will you know uh, do Warriors like stuff once the playoffs get rolling. But it's just too 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 tall a hill to climb, in my humble opinion. Warriors thirty one and thirty. Right now, they're the seventh seed. We're taping this. It is 725 Pacific time. So Clippers Denver is happening right now. Lakers are 29 and 32. They are the 11th seed. I want to go Lakers first and then come back to the Warriors. The Vanderbilt piece, that I, I mean, that was the key of the trade. I always thought Russell was 
kind of the smoke for the casual basketball fans. He was the biggest name in the trade, but really he was an expiring contract and somebody who could handle the ball and shoot. But for the most part, what they really needed was Vanderbilt. They needed a guy who could play next to Davis, who could guard different positions. And he's somebody, we talked about it a bunch of times on this podcast, like where were the contenders for that guy? Because he was on a cheap contract. Utah just wanted picks. Anybody could patch whatever with them. Like I was watching Philly last night. I know we're going to talk about that game later. But they're throwing in McDaniels in these big spots. That guy's never been, like, he might be good. I don't know. We'll see. But he, that guy's never been in a big game in, in his NBA career. He had those two free throws, I think, in the third quarter. And had the knee knocker, two clangs, you know, and you think like this guy's been in Charlotte. He's like a witness protection program. But Vanderbilt is somebody that I feel like could have played, you know, pretty pivotal roles on a bunch of teams. So Jacoby, you look at them and you just think like, we all like Vanderbilt. I think he's a playoff guy, as we always talk about. And you got Davis, who looked a little rejuvenated tonight. I don't trust mm-hmm. him. I know we go game to game with him. Same for LeBron, who's who's in year 20. Who knows with him game to game. The point guard position, whatever, the Schroeder, Russell, like they'll have people who can bring the ball up and dribble. And then you put Beasley, Reeves, whoever as the fifth. That's at least the recipe for, I'm not sure I would want to play them in a series if everyone is healthy. I just think the if is too big of an if. It's not just that. It's for me, you asked about the next two to four months. It's adorable. You think that either of these teams will be around in four months, but the Lakers have a great starting five on paper. They're great. Like um, watching, you know, LeBron James, it's like Marshawn Lynch at like six, nine, just like going to the basket. <laughs> like I don't even want to No one's going to take a LeBron charge for the rest of the season. Like he's just going hard at the hole and using his strength and size and experience and footwork. But I don't see this team beating the Nuggets or the Grizzlies. I've seen them as a play-in team. They really need to like really go on a win streak to get into a five. Like a Wait, Jacobs, what if I what if I give you twenty-seven and fourteen, Anthony Davis, just rising from the ashes, and that's what I'm getting. The guy today against Dallas who completely destroyed them, especially in the second half. What if I gave you that guy for the next? I'm just I'm just playing it out. As you know, I'm not a big fan of this Lakers team, but let's yeah. play it out. What if we have that guy in the mix and healthy LeBron? Yeah, then we have the bubble Lakers with with because they have a much better team surrounding them now after the trade deadline. That is the ideal, but like, what are the chances of that happening? Low, very very low. And then you also have Monique Beasley, who used to date one of the players' moms on the team, which is not being talked about enough at all. Larsa Pippen, Malik Beasley and Larsa Pippen, like, publicly dated, and then they traded for Malik Beasley. Like, how is that conversation going in practice? How is that going in practice? You would have thought they would have just sent Scotty maybe, hey, I'm sending you back to the G League, something like that. Definitely a little bit awkward. Um, The Davis thing, House. I'm trying to think of anyone in my life who's more skeptical of Anthony Davis than you and all the conversations we've had about it and just the lack of trust. But then you see him just demolishing Dallas and at the same time reinvigorating the Lakers, whatever potential, because they won two straight. They beat New Orleans without Zion. Congratulations. And then they beat, uh, they beat the Warriors without Curry. Congratulations. They're down 17 in the game today. And I'm like, oh, yep, this is why, idiots, you thought the Lakers were... But they really came back, and Davis was completely overpowering. Him and Vanderbilt were the two best guys in the game. Um, But you're not buying yet. Well, look, we saw this version of Davis for about 20 games earlier this season. 
I bet yeah. on him to win MVP yeah, when did. he was reeling off these games. But in fairness, you bet on every single star in the league I to win MVP. Six, I mean, you have 11 guys. MVP bets. I do have about six guys I bet on MVP. But <laughs> at one point when he was like at 20 to 1 or so, and he's ripping off these, you know, double-digit rebounds, you know, 25 to 30-point games, yeah. I, like, sure, why not? It was, it was a speculative bid, but we're only asking him to do it for another, you know, he won't have to play every single one of these remaining regular season games. They can rest him if, if that's necessary. I don't, see, I disagree. I, I mean, they're the 11th seed right now. I don't know how you rest anybody. They're, There's a but whole everybody, in front they're of them. All, that, they're all bunched together is, is the thing. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. they catch, uh, I, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I know that they, they catch one of Houston or San Antonio in there, and that will be a rest uh, opportunity for, for well, they have, if, if it's necessary. They have Grizzlies Tuesday. OKC on Wednesday in OKC, but SGA has missed the last two games. It's kind of a whiff of a tanker smell there, Jacoby. Little, little Wimba, Wimbanyama cologne. Maybe Presti's putting on Timberwolves at home, Warriors at home, Grizzlies at home, Raptors at home, Knicks at home. So a whole little homestand. Then they go on the road for New Orleans, Houston, back home for Dallas. So, I mean, the schedule, it is what it is. It's a lot of West teams. Um, do you trust where Jacoby, where do you stand on D'Angelo Russell? I don't know if I know the answer to this. I I am not a fan. I I Russillo's probably a 10 out of 10 on the not a fan scale. I'm like an eight and a half. Oh, I'm a I'm a nine out of ten. And it all started with the the swaggy P controversy. I know mm, you guys remember I know. that. I know that hurt. That, your that heart. was really that would really that really stuck me. That one really, really stuck me. Ever since then, every time he points at his arm after he makes a shot or whatever, I'm just like, you're still the guy that called out Swaggy P and broke <laughs> Indy Azalea and Swaggy P's relationship. I don't care it, how many games he like shot you have. I do not care. 20? I, I do not care. It is usable behavior. It is okay. behavior that I'm on the that other side of that. Feel... I think you're wrong, Jacoby. I think I just think he was he was uh, a, a kid trying to get his seasoning, trying to find his way. Yeah, was, that was so Nick Young's lost nineteen-year-old. He's Nick, two years older than my daughter. He didn't do also, anything. Like, since, why do we care about Nick Young and Iggy Azalea? That's right. Talk time, about a relationship time, that has an age. Nick well. Young and Iggy Azalea were very relevant at the time. At the time, the two of them were extremely relevant. <laughs> yeah. Since then, not so much. Not so much. But they are going to end up in the plan because the Jazz aren't going to be in the plan. The Timberwolves, I don't have a lot of belief in. Like they're going to end up in the plan. They're going to win a play in game and they're going to be the team that the Nuggets and Grizzlies like work so hard to get this record. They're going to be like, and now we have to play Anthony Davis, LeBron James, you know, and, I, and Jared I, I want to stop you. You keep talking about the Grizzlies as though that's a team to, that's a formidable team to be yeah, nervous I, about. I, I also I, disagree. We, we need to sit down and watch some fourth quarters of the Grizzlies together. My man, like the, the, that, that team wins ground down into a, a half court uh, offense continues to just swing and, and miss and if you have a fourth quarter where those two teams are 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 close i trust the lakers a lot more than i trust the grizzlies in a game especially in a playoff context that's to me that's the key point i don't really like anyone in the west other than denver who just lost by 30 in memphis or, <laughs> they're, down they're down 35 at one point <laughs> i'm with house on memphis i don't like their last five minutes and it was interesting the other night them and Cleveland both lost really winnable games that were basically happening around the same time with each other. Cleveland blew one, Memphis blew one, and it was the same stuff. It was, I don't love the shots they get the last five minutes of the game. It seems like a lot of just jaw driving into three guys or, you know, some 20 footer fall away from Jared Jackson with four seconds on the shot clock. 
I don't love the shots I get. And it's awesome. We'll talk talk about them later because I have them in my improbable thing. But Denver's really the only team I love Jacobs. And I love the Reggie Jackson, just adding him. That guy's been in real basketball games and has real experience. And I think he's going to help. But they do have these nights where they just get the shit kicked out of them. It's a very strange one seed. That Grizzlies game was so weird. Like I turned it off in like the second quarter. It was just yeah, it was just a, it was a weird, weird game. And the right now, Reggie Jackson has probably got like 10 points against the Clippers. Like, how many does Reggie have against the Clippers? Right. It's like the first quarter. I'm predicting Reggie Jackson scores at least 25 tonight. At least 25. That was really a steal for them to just mm-hmm. randomly stumble into that guy who uh who's been around. You know, you mentioned Utah House. You think Utah falls out? No, I I think Utah stays in. I, I think I, that, I that agree team, with you. There's, that team there, is that team's feisty. Yeah, and 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 you know they they believe in each other. I mean, we we would have seen the the note come down from on high much sooner than right now. They're 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 way too far to the other. They, they're not going to help their odds any by tanking. They're they're too good. They have this Walker Kessler situation which is the fucking craziest thing I've ever seen. I, I actually bet on OKC against them this week. And Walker Kessler just turns into Bill Russell with like a minute to go. It's like watching the 1960s Bill Russell highlights on YouTube of him just blocking Hale Greer. Um, and they have a go-to guy in marketing and then another half of a go-to guy in Clarkson because every once in a while he looks great. I don't know. that When I look at like that, those teams that are all bunched together, which is basically Dallas, 32 and 30, Golden State 31 and 30, Utah 31 and 31, Minnesota 31 and 32, New Orleans 30 and 31, and then the Lakers 29 and 32. I keep looking at that Minnesota New Orleans combo where it just with New Orleans, talk about snake bit. I just say like the Zion thing, who the hell knows when he comes back? And they're without Zion, I just have not been not been thinking of them as a playoff team. And then Minnesota. I don't know. Every time you turn on Minnesota, it's like somebody's not playing. Like today it was go bear. You go to the other game. It's this guy's not going. And I, I don't know. I could see I, if you had to pick one of those two Jacobs, who would you pick to drop out Minnesota or new Orleans? Cause the Minnesota. Lakers have to get somebody's spot. Yeah. They have to get somebody's spot. I would, I would say Minnesota. Um, you know, I'm, the Zion thing is just so disappointing and weird and just like vague and, and just it just makes me so, so sad when you've seen what he can do and he just can't be on the court. He got hurt in high school, got hurt in college, got hurt in summer league, gets hurt every year in the pros. He just, he just hurt all the time. And it, I really think that they have just kind of like taken that fun. Do you remember how you felt about the Pelicans? Remember last oh, year in the playoffs? How about two like months how, ago? Yeah, like I felt so good about the Pelicans la- coming out of last year and starting this year, and I was just I felt so good about them, and now I do not. I they, do not. they were in the top three in the West on January the second. I, I, I remember you know. Haralabob came on here in December, and he was basically like, "That's the sleeping giant, like that team when they have all their pieces together. That's no. that's actually the highest ceiling, other than Denver." And hey, it felt like that what were they, three and 14 and 17 games at one point? Yeah, but in general, losing streak. Yeah, they played, just, they played in the garden last night and like the garden didn't have any energy because they put up no fight. It wasn't because the yeah. Knicks were down. It was just like, there was, it was over. It was just absolutely over. The garden like was just, had, was a dead building because the Pelicans weren't even in the game. Well, so to put a bow on the Lakers part of this, it's going to come down to those two guys. One guy's in his 20th year. The other guy's made a glass. Malik Beasley? Can, and Scotty <laughs> <Pippen Jr. laughs> If they can Sorry. somehow get 
20 games out of these guys. LeBron went down today. LeBron, LeBron had that run for like 10 years when you felt, I always used to make the joke, like his leg could come off on a dunk and he would just go get it and put it back on and just be ready for the next play. Now when he goes down, he'll go down for a little longer. Like he's definitely a little bit, got a little bit of the old guy to him now. But, um, but the Golden State part of this house, you were talking about the snake bit piece. I'm going the other way. Like, I can't believe they're 31 and 30 with, how many games did I say Curry has missed so far? I think he's at, I mailed this to you. Hold on, I have it. Curry has missed 22 games. So they're, if you told me at the 60 game mark, Curry's going to miss 22 games. I would have said, all right, they're probably the West is tough. They're probably a couple games over 500. So they're 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 kind of, I would say they are where they are. The big disappointment is what you mentioned before that they had all these young guys mm-hmm. that you're waiting to step up. Kaminga, Wiseman, Moody. Like who who's it going to be? You figured they go one for three, maybe even two for three, and it feels like they've gone zero for three. And Wiseman's already gone. Moody's not playing, and Kaminga incredibly talented. I'm a fan. I have some Kaminga stock. I don't know if I trust him. I don't know if I would trust him with five minutes left. Do you trust him, House? It's just not time yet. I mean, yeah, he's good. He, he's going to be good. I literally sent you my my hoped for trade in advance of the trade deadline, which was Kyle Kuzma for, for Kaminga. I thought yeah. that was a very fair trade. I thought it was going to help both teams. Uh, and I would love to see the development of Kaminga because I think he's going to be good. He's a monster. But he's he's learning. He's still he's he's he doesn't like have a mature basketball IQ yet. But that you know, Golden State's a great place to acquire that. But like you know, what's going on with Wiggins? He's got some kind of family situation that's serious enough that he's out indefinitely. We're gonna get the MRI results on on on, uh, Draymond tomorrow. When is Gary Payton gonna play? Like, and then we have Curry with two different, pretty severe injuries to different parts of his body, right? Yeah, that, that's all. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt them. They just can't catch a break. That's all. This offseason, I remember thinking to myself, like, maybe Bob Myers is light years ahead. Like, they don't have a championship window. They've got, like, a full championship mm. sunroof that they've just opened all the wind root windows and the sunroof. They've got, like, two nucleuses playing at the same time. They're set up for 10 years. This is amazing. However, I was planning on... Wiseman being great, Kaminga being great, Moody being great. And obviously I like Poole and, and Poole sort of further developing. But right now they do look like they need to ride this Clay, Dre, Steph window until those wheels fall off. Because I don't think there is this sort of second window that I thought was in this offseason existing anymore. I have more words, thoughts, but let's take a break. This episode of the Bill Simmons podcast is presented by State Farm. Have you ever been in an accident? and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game and 
They're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? A little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right? First half of the first game. I don't know. West Coast time, that's usually about 5 o'clock, 5.30. Perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. We were talking about the Warriors for the break. This Clay Thompson thing, where I feel like it's becoming overcovered and over-discussed every time he does well, we have to do the, oh, somebody thinks he's not done yet, and the announcers have to get into it, and Clay's got to talk to people. It's like, Dude, we've been doing this all year. We're good. Clay Thompson, you're good. We're all fine. We've all agreed. You're good at basketball again. Do we have to do we have to do this whole fucking circus? Like, you're good. You have four rings. You're you're one of the best shooting guards of this century. We're good. We're not arguing about this. Nobody's doubting you anymore. You're not like Ozzy oh, washed up. Like, we all think you're good at basketball. So I I vote that we stop this, Jacobs. I think that's fair. And I think with Clay, we're like, he's back now. Yeah, look at look at Clay Thompson. Now he's back. It's been like I don't know a year. Right. Like Kevin Kevin Durant tears his Achilles, sits out for two years, and then just like laces up and <laughs> scores forty. We don't even bat an eyelash. You know what I mean? But like Clay Thompson worked himself back over eight months, and now we celebrate him like you know like a like he 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 just you know scored forty five points out coming out of the hospital. Yeah, his January splits house twenty seven points a game, forty three percent from three. February splits, nine games, not counting tonight, 25 points and 45.9% from three. Eight, for the season, he's 41% from three again. He's averaging 22 a game. This is like a typical Clay Thompson season. Let's put a fork in the narrative. Clay Thompson's back. We're good. He's we back. all agree. Let's, let's just move on. And That's guess right. what? When Curry comes back, you're not you're not breaking new ground if you're like, I think this is one of the best backcourts of all time. We've heard that one too. The Warriors are the most overcovered, over discussed, over talked about teams, probably in any sport that we've ever had. We know all the angles. We don't have to keep saying it. Clay's a great shooter. He's good. He's back. Took a while, got him back. We get it. Bill, That's I don't know if you rant. know this, but Draymond Green, um, he really helps this team in ways that don't show up on the stat sheet. I don't know if you've heard that. I don't know, <laughs> but like it, 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 you can't really quantify what Draymond brings to mm. this team. I don't know if you also know this. He's the heart and soul of the team. He's the heart and soul of the team as well. I don't know if you guys have heard that as well. Heard that I and just, the puncher. Yeah, puncher I just want to. I'm ready to. After watching a couple of the Jordan Pool, after watching Steph throw his mouthpiece into the stands after an ill-advised Jordan Pool, and then he had a couple of those tonight. Like, would yeah? I don't understand what green light Jordan Poole thinks he has. He barely grazed the side of the underside of the backboard with one of those chucks. It was awful. By, by the way, turn the turn the TikTok camera on, Kyle. Oh, the the best words in podcasting. The the most exciting words in podcasting. Thanks, right there. Really appreciate that. So Draymond punches Poole in the face <laughs> right as they're deciding who's gonna get the extension money. Is it gonna be Poole and 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 Draymond is gonna be one of them. And Poole probably makes an extra, I would say, $15 million from that punch combined with the fact that Tyler Harrow was also signing for around that same money. And in December, he was 27 a game. Curry wasn't in some of that stuff. But when, you know, for the season, he's 21 a game. But 
I, he's not my kind of player for the most part, even though I really respect the player. He's there, he, They've turned him into an asset and he's basically like their version of Jordan Clarkson. I don't love the shots he takes. I think defensively he can really be targeted and challenged in a lot of different ways. And I just wonder, like, would they have been better off doing what the Celtics did with Grant Williams and just not doing anything and just taking it to, basically taking it to the summer keeping that contract down and then also potentially having the trade deadline flexibility. I look at that contract house, you, me and Waz are going to do our worst contract second annual pod in a couple of weeks. And I, I list, I put like, I sent you guys like 50 possible contracts and I put the pool contract on it. I don't feel awesome about paying him 30 million plus a year. Where, where do you stand house? Oh, you already know where I stand. I, yeah. I totally agree with this. I, his shot selection, he is a, a guy it's most effective coming off the bench and you let him try and 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 put up a quick 12. He either right? has that's, it or he doesn't. And if he doesn't right. have it, you kind of take him out. He's got to be out. But the, there, there is no other aspect of, of his game. He's like fine defensively. He doesn't blow me away. That should be his calling card. Like if, if they have an offseason sit down with him, like here's the thing. Let's take some of that energy that you're putting into 35 footers when nobody yeah. is paying attention. And let's redirect that maybe into some perimeter defense. Let, that's how you're going to stick around this league for another 10 years. Jacoby, four years, $128 million for Jordan Poole starting next year. I'm a Jordan Poole supporter. Um, okay. if, house that is never going to be his calling card. If you, if, you call, if you use that card and call Jordan Poole, he will not pick up. It will, be, it will, it will, it will not happen. Okay, He's never going to be a defensive stopper. I Fair. think he's got a great finishing package around the rim which I really like. He's not afraid of anything, not afraid of any moment. Um, I do think that maybe when he's redirecting, reallocating his energy, maybe less jumping around and fist pumping at the crowd after makes and more little defensive stance, fighting through screens, communicating on defense. You know what I mean? I think, just, I think that would be fair to thing. ask. But can I, can I speak to conspiracy bill for a second? Yes, please. He's you right here. You mentioned the Draymond extension potentially and the pool extension potentially. And then we saw the punch. How did we see the punch? That's a closed practice. It's a fixed camera. Oh, That's a yeah. security camera. Uh, that, conspiracy I mean, come on. Bill, who put out that video? You tell me, Conspiracy Bill. I'm very suspicious of how we had our eyes on that video in a closed practice at the Warriors facility. Conspiracy Bill, the floor is yours. Well, Conspiracy Bill, when he tackles this, he likes to look at one thing. Who has the most to gain? You just start there. Who has the most to gain from something coming out? Right. It's like when, you know, like uh, when ESPN, when they, when they'll put out somebody's salary and you're like, oh, that's a bad sign. They put the person's salary out. That means that, that means the crows are circling. Um, the most to gain here was probably the Warriors if they wanted to get out of the Draymond extension. But on the other hand, on the other hand, it ended up costing them more money with pool. So you could argue the Warriors didn't have the most to gain. They're trying to defend a title. I don't know how that video came out. How did we see Conspiracy it? Bill's actually like I, at how a loss for it? how this came out. Because Jordan, I would argue the Warriors, it hurt the Warriors more than it helped them for this to come out, which makes me think they didn't plant it. See, Not the, that they the, would. The true map on the wall, the, the eight foot by eight foot map with the connecting red mm. uh, thread and the blue thread and the yellow stickies. I want to know who Jordan Poole is friends with way down the food chain on that staff. Oh, like, um, interesting. Way down the food oh. chain. 
He's passed a little he's Santa going, Cruz, Santa Cruz yeah, warriors. There action. we go. That's there we go. Somebody that, that he, from his way back machine where he has a, a pre a relationship that preexisted or, you know, he came in immediately found somebody in the video room. That's a, they, they just, they have maybe went to Michigan. Yeah. Right. What, whatever the connection might be, some connection that we are not aware of that the general public will never be aware of. That is a Jordan Poole supporter. And by magic, mm. voila, out comes the tape. Or just a just a person who doesn't like watching a teammate punch another teammate. Just felt like he had to do something. I don't know what the answer is, but I will tell you this. It probably made Jordan Poole an extra 15 million. Hey, we have a gimmick that we're going to do. But before we do that, can we talk about Celtics Philly really fast last night? Did you guys watch it? Of course. Yeah. What do you mean? So. It was a really frustrating game for me as a Celtics fan because I just think Philly's a team that the Celtics should beat if ever, if we have a healthy team and they have a healthy team. And they're just obvious matchups against Philly. As soon as you put multiple ball handlers out there, as soon as you quicken the pace a little bit, I just think Philly doesn't have a lot of answers. And the Brogdon White lineup, I'm just waiting for it last night. They come in, they get first half turns. Second half starts, they go big again with Rob Williams, Horford, Tatum Brown, Marcus Smart. Everything bogs down. Philly takes the lead. The Brogdon White lineup comes in again. Boston takes off again. And they're up like 8 to 10. And then Missoula feels like he's got to put that lineup in the end of the game, the starting lineup. And I just think that's the wrong line. If I'm playing Philly, I just want guards out there. If you, if you want, Harden can't guard anybody. Right. If it's hard and Maxi playing together, neither of those guys can guard anybody. Why am I letting like PJ Tucker just have the luxury of just standing next to a big guy or whatever you have? I just really hope they learned their lesson in that game. Like there's sometimes you're starting five Jacobs isn't the right five for a series, you know? And in this one, I need guards. I need guards and I need speed and two guards with Tatum and Brown and a big and just. I just want to put them on the defense because I think Philly is slow. I really do. I, I think they want slow plotting, lots of fouls. They don't want an up and down game. And anybody who can go up and down on them has a huge advantage. So that was my take from Saturday night. I can't refute that. I think that you're correct. However, let me just go glass half full for the Celtics for a second. Jason Tatum didn't have a great game, right? MVP candidate didn't have a great game. Ends up hitting a huge shot at the end. Right. Yeah. And Joel Embiid did have a great game. So you kind of took Philly's best punch. You didn't have your best player playing his best game and found a way to win. And I think in a playoff series, which is where I know your mind is going, I think Missoula over the course of games figures out exactly what you just said. I sure hope so. My dad and I were talking about it for a while today. My dad's like, I'm not worried. We're not even going to see them in the playoffs. They're going to be in the two, three playing the Bucks. They're not going to get by the Bucks. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I, I want our coach to be able to think on the fly at least a little bit. I, I think in some ways this Missoula story has been amazing. And in other ways, you, sometimes you just feel like this is a guy who, you know, the the speed of which he became a head coach was pretty abrupt. I think to me, it's Celtics and Bucks and then a drop-off house. I just think those are clearly the two best teams now. And I'd probably have Denver third. I want to see how they fit in with the Reggie Jackson piece of it. Um, and the Michael Porter, how involved he is in the last three, four minutes, I think makes me the most nervous, like if you had money on Denver, but the way Crowder has assimilated into Milwaukee, I just feel like that house. Wouldn't you say Boston, Milwaukee drop off, or would you have somebody else with them? 
Boston Milwaukee drop off from my take and uh, perspective, and really that was the assessment going into the season. It's kind but of the we way didn't we feel that way a month up. ago, though. What do you mean? I don't. I like a month ago. I think we were a little more nervous of Milwaukee, and then they decided to win for a solid month straight. 14, 14 straight, straight wins, <laughs> in, including many without Giannis. I mean, that, right. that's what's so impressive, honestly. But the way that that it's it's amazing. It's it's all Brooke Lopez, like very uh, quietly under the radar. Brooke Lopez, the glue that's that, that's really firing this whole situation up with with Milwaukee. I'm I'm very very impressed. I was looking up. I put I put this on Twitter today about the the Lakers team the season before LeBron. When Brooke Lopez was on that team, they had him for a year and they could have kept him for the LeBron team and for whatever reason, they let him go. But that team had healthy Lonzo Ball, Brooke Lopez, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, Jordan Clarkson, Kyle Hart. Kuzma, Alex Caruso, Josh Hart, Larry Nance Jr. and Contavious Caldwell-Pulp <laughs> on the same team. And they won 37 games. It just makes no sense. That, that's it. that team would be pretty, I think that's like a five seed now, Jacobs. And then LeBron showed up and was basically like, I'm trading all of you people. Like, all, <laughs> you all, all need to go. <laughs> all of you. And we're bringing in Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis. Eventually, that's what happened. Can I complain about Embiid for a second? Oh, didn't expect to see that coming. I love Embiid. No, it's just, I love Embiid too. It's so frustrating when your team's playing him, how the officiating, it's very similar to Shaq back in the day where you could call every foul or you could let some of the fouls go. And it just kind of comes and goes depending on the crew. I, he just, he's really good at, at putting the onus on the officials to kind of decide what to do. And in a playoff series, you know, especially like as game to game, if they want to extend series, things like that, that he could go to the free throw line 20 times a game, Jacoby, if they wanted to. Well, it's not just that he knocks down his free throws too. Yeah, you know he does. Like he Stuck knocks, he knocks does. down his free throws. He awesome. just lumbers to the lumbers to the lane with his weird little like body language. His shoulders slumped over and just knocks down two free throws. They never hit the rim. They always he always looks confident. And he's the thing about like Giannis puts um you know the officials in a similar position because of his physicality and his strength. But Giannis is moving, which kind of makes it like easier not to call. Embiid is sitting there slowly just moving his arms into contact. There's contact yeah. every time he shoots a shot that's not a jump shot. There is contact, and the, and the officials need to decide whether or not they're calling it. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But, like, it's, it's you know, James Harden did it for years and won an MVP from it, and, and B's doing it this year. And, and I would call him if I was the officials. I think he earns all those fouls. You got you to learn how to play him differently. I 100% agree. It's just frustrating when you're, when you're rooting against him. It's... It, it, I liked how you described it. It's like the difference between him and Giannis is like Giannis is the guy on the highway who's veering between lanes full speed. And he's like, oh, my God, is he going to try to get between those two cars? Oh, he did. <laughs> yes. And beat is the guy who's just backing up in the parking lot. And you're like, oh, he's just coming back. What do I, I guess I have to stop. He's going to rip it to me. <laughs> and that's how he plays basketball. And he had a couple of fouls yesterday where he just was going forward. He's like, guys, I'm going forward. Feel free if you want to stay in front of me. They might call the charge, they might not, but just to remind you, I'm 290 pounds. And guys, either at some point, they'll brace or they'll try to move. The other thing, I was talking to a Knicks fan friend of mine today who I won't mention, probably guess who it is. Um, he was saying like, Embiid is offensively is the closest we've had to what Ewing was in theory and what Ewing 
really was in a lot of ways, but in the wrong point for where he came into the league, where it was like so many big guys and you could front him and back him. And, and it was like, if you just put like 1992 Ewing into basketball now, where he had space and he could do a lot of the face-up stuff. They basically, him and Embiid, a very similar game. Embiid was bigger. But House, I kind of like that. Like they, Because Ewing had that little face-up 17-footer. He had that little spin move. He had the jump hook. But there was always like three guys on him and he had to learn how to kick it out. But it did make me think like some guys just in the wrong era and it's it's just the way it is. I absolutely love that. I, I'm bummed now that we're going through this and thinking about what Patrick Ewing could do Honestly, from my perspective, I think his footwork is better than Embiid's. And Embiid has mm. great footwork. I, I think the single biggest hindrance, the only person on earth that can stop Joel Embiid is Doc Rivers. And he continues <laughs> to insist on permitting Joel Embiid to catch the ball out of the three-point line. He has a yeah. green light to, to, to take uh, threes at exactly the wrong time and under the wrong circumstances. He catches the ball at the free throw line. He puts the ball on the floor. Th- th- that is all wasted uh, energy, wasted time. It introduces an opportunity for the defense. Him in the low post is unstoppable. There's, or him there, at the block at the top, that little 17-foot spot. That That's fine for a catch and shoot. That's yeah. fine. It's tough. I, I can't believe James Dolan admitted that, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I know. James and I were texting. He was you like, Jimmy? remember when we had Ewing? Um, I thought that would have been a horrible Celtics loss and it was like a relief of a win, but it would have been a way worse loss. And for Philly, like, you know, they blew, they blew the Tybal thing. Like Doc just blew that one. He won't play Paul Reed. Maxi, who is this guy who should at least be Jordan Clarkson, Jordan Poole off the bench. Now you just never know what you're getting from him game to game. And then McDaniels, I'm sure Doc will lose confidence in in five minutes and start yanking him around too. It's just the his Achilles heel over and over again has been young guys, even dating back to the Celtics era. He's always been really hesitant. He's always going to default to there's 38 year old PJ Tucker. I know what I'm going to get from this guy. Um, I think that team is really beatable as great as Embiid is. Um, but I I will say like. For me, I don't know where you guys stand. We, we're at the three-fourths mark. And as great as Jokic is, and Jokic is my favorite non-Celtic to watch, uh, to me, the MVP has not been decided yet. And I, I think Embiid is absolutely in the mix. You think, you agree, Jacobs? Well, I think the you got Giannis is in the mix, too. The Bucs could have the best record, you know? And, and, some, and what Giannis has been doing on both ends of the floor is is what he does defensively, Embiid and Jokic do not impact the game anything close to that. And if the Bucs have the best record... Giannis comes back and finishes the season. He needs to be in the conversation too. I, this is when I saw the straw poll from Von um, Temps. I was like seventy seven. It was just it was just kind of jumped out at me. I was like this is this is surprising. This is very surprising because I do sort of like I don't vote. I do take into account the fact that the guy won the last two. Like I'm yeah. I'm to be honest with myself. Like I would like someone new to make a speech. I would like someone <laughs> new to win. I would like to see Embiid win. I'm not I'm not going to lie to myself. I think that would be more fun than watching Jokic win it for the third time and then like ride carriage horses in in you know Eastern Europe for the summer. House, you've bet on every MVP contender we have. I think Luka has fallen out. Oh, and Luka's the Kyrie out. Luka thing. Yeah, Luka's done. He's so it's out. a four man race. Tatum's not Tatum is 18 to one on FanDuel right now. He's not completely done yet, but just about done. But there's still if the Celtics all of a sudden went on some major run, I don't think he can be crossed off yet. 
Giannis has missed, how many games did we say he's missed? He has missed 11 and counting, um, which is right around where Embiid is. But Embiid is plus 400 on FanDuel and Jokic is minus 230. And to me, that's weird. I, I think Jokic should be the favorite, but I think Embiid should be right there. And I think he's been great. And I, th- and I think it matters that he took it to Jokic in that weekend game when he just oh, kicked yeah. the shit out of Denver. Like, I care about that stuff. When I'm thinking about this in the year, it's not just MVP. It's first team All-NBA, too. And it's crazy to think one of these guys is not going to be first team All-NBA. But guess what? One of these guys is not going to be first team All-NBA. And that's just the way it is. One thing I noticed today, I do think there's a Drew Holiday first team, uh, not first team All-NBA, but All-NBA possibility. Um he is a 14-year, this is his 14th year in the league. He's never made All-NBA. I feel like this is the best he's ever been. I've, I've watched multiple Bucks games this year where it felt like he was the best perimeter guy on the court and including the one today. Um, if I had, I didn't, we, we still have a fourth this season to go, but if I had to do my ballot right now, I would have him second team All-NBA guard. I, I wouldn't even argue with you. I, I was so glad uh, with the all-star, um, you know, the way those rosters came together that he, w- he was recognized because he hadn't, you know, he's missed some games as well. And, and he's so quiet, but you know, I, I just think, think about the Olympics. He, he, he made the game winning play against the Phoenix suns. Our Olympics team USA was getting ready for that run in, 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 in China. And we, we needed him. He, he was like the most important right. player on Team USA after he just, you know, successfully clinched uh, uh, the, the, the game-winning play for Milwaukee over the Suns. Like, that, that yeah, that alley-oop was iconic. Yeah, he's... He's, 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 he's echelon. He is probably the best big-game guard just from a resume standpoint that we have other than Curry right now. He's just... He's come through a lot of times. And the thing is, even if he's not feeling it offensively, Jacobs... He could still completely destroy you defensively. And I'm just looking at, like, I would have Luca and SGA as my guards on the All-NBA first team right now. And I would have John Holiday as my second guys. And then that third team, it's like Halliburton and Mitchell and, and Curry. And, you know, that Curry's already missed 22 games and counting. Booker's missed 27. So, you know, you, you want to be... I, I feel like over 60, especially if it's competitive, but I think a lot of people would have Mitchell as as first team or second team, and I personally would not. Um, I, I think that team has really struggled in the last five minutes of games. There's all these advanced stats about what their record should be versus what it is. And I think part of the problem is I don't think he's been that great for them in crunch time since the first couple of weeks. Jacobs, I don't, I, like, I, I don't feel like this is as much of a, oh my God, he is haunting the Knicks situation as it was a month ago. Oh no, you know what? I follow the Knicks closely and uh, people act like they didn't already have Brunson when they were in the running to get Mitchell. Like that's the part that people forget. It's like Brunson was already there. So you can't, for me, my personal You mean the best point guard in the league, Jalen Brunson? (laughs) I would not want Brunson and Mitchell as my backcourt. You know, I think I think a, a Brunson and Barrett is a better combination. Not, not I mean, obviously Mitchell's better than Barrett, but just you, you we don't. It's too redundant to have Brunson and Mitchell. And Brunson's been absolutely amazing for the Knicks, and they do have more flexibility moving forward for free agents and trades and whatnot. Like I think, I think that um, Mitchell not being on the Knicks was a win-win for both the Cavs and the Knicks. What do you think, House? 
I mean, the old, they have more flexibility going forward argument when Donovan fucking Mitchell is staring you in the face. That's one, that's, that one's a tough one for me to agree with. I, I would absolutely have preferred Donovan Mitchell if I was a Knicks fan. Um, and I think that he deserves an all NBA nod. I don't mind if you don't have him on a first team or second team, but he's got to be all NBA third team. He scored 71 fucking points this season. He's playing, he's playing, he's playing all the games. He's, and you know, that, that team, uh, which, you know, lost in the, in the, in the play in last year is poised to, to do big things in, in the playoffs. Now I understand, you know, the, the, um, issues that they've had thus far in terms of closing out games in fourth quarter against good teams. That's, that's normal growing pain shit. As far as I'm concerned, I, I, I like Cleveland. I think they're lined up to give somebody a real test in the Eastern conference, uh, playoffs. I like them too, which is why I'm a tad disappointed. I don't like, what was that game the other night they had with, uh, yeah, Thursday night they played the Nuggets and it felt like they were going to beat the Nuggets. And then in the last five minutes is the same shit that always seems to happen to them against good teams. Um, then they got waxed by the Hawks and they, they beat the Raptors, but I don't know. M Mitchell to me is like, I think people have him a hundred percent in pen as a first team or second team all NBA. I have him third team right now. I have holiday over him because I think holiday has been more impactful. And it, to me, it really matters that but the Bucks and Celtics are the two best teams. And I think one of those two teams should have uh, two All-NBA guys. You could argue Boston. Jalen was in there, but I think he's probably fallen out, got injured. I don't think statistically he hasn't been as good. But um, I would have Drew over Mitchell right now. Uh, okay. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to talk about the most improbable 2023 NBA stories so far. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Summer is all about fun vacations, but I know that being away from home can be stressful. So many things can happen. That's why I like to recommend Simply Safe, award-winning security that can help give you peace of mind when you're away. The only thing you should worry about while you're on vacation is having too much fun. Having my home, it's great. Couldn't work better. I think Simply Safe is the best because it comes with a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. It's given me, my family, many others, real peace of mind. I'm waiting to have it too. Try it out. A 60-day money-back guarantee. No contracts right now. Get 20% off any Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash BS. That is Simply Safe with two eyes. Simplysafe.com slash BS. There's no safe like Simply Safe. This episode is supported by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need. Have coverage options to protect the things you value most. File claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. All right, guys. I asked you to prepare for a draft because people love drafts. We're going to draft the most improbable 2023 NBA stories so far. We're 60 games into the season. You can define improbable any way you want. 
but I, w- I would kind of veer toward this definition. If you had told me blank in September, I would be stunned. So Jacoby, we'll give you first pick since you're, uh, since you're our guest. We haven't seen you in a while. And um, you produced House Eats 3, one of the most important pieces of pop culture of the last 20 years. You go first. I mean, I like, first of all, I like to consider myself the director of House Eats 3. Um, producer just director record. just like, producer yeah. director showrunner like tarantino um, yeah EP. showrunner yeah exactly yeah writer yeah. um okay i'm gonna i'm gonna I, I bet we all have something to say about this so i'm glad i have the first pick and i'm honored and it's very polite of you guys to allow me to have this spotlight and the first pick in the draft and um my first pick in the draft that i did not see coming in september if you were to time travel back to september me and tell september me that the grizzlies have turned heel and they're unlikable i would oh. be like what I mean, like, let's just over the past month, we have John Morant being like, I'm not concerned about any team in the NBA except for the Boston Celtics, the Malika Andrews. Dylan Brooks punches Donovan Mitchell in the penis, like a direct targeted penis punch. Right. And then we have, um, oh, I don't know. There's some incident where the Pacers are playing against the Grizzlies in Memphis and the Pacers are getting into it with some of John Morant's friends. And then there's a laser pointed at the, the Pacers as they're getting on the bus. The NBA has to spend time and money investigating this alleged laser. Was it a gun incident? Was Ja in the car? Whose car was it? And then they're arguing with Shannon Sharp in 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 L.A. It's like it's honestly like it's a script. It's like, it's like, what happened? This team in the playoffs was so much fun, so likable. Remember after every game last last year, they would win a game on League Pass, and I would stay watching that game just to watch the post-game interview because they turned it into a party. Like, they were the most fun, the best chemistry, the best group, and they've turned completely heel. I don't know how this happened. I don't know how the Grizzlies became unlikable. I don't know how it happened. Please explain to me, because I know you guys had this on your list as well. House, I had this in my top three. It wasn't my number one pick, but it was it was in my top three. I don't understand how it happened either. I've never seen a team go faster from young and lovable to just giant bullseye on their back against everyone they play. Everyone they play is like completely pissed off at the Grizzlies. And it's it's kind of fun. I like it. But um usually like the basketball we grew up with, House, you usually at least I don't know, made the conference finals before you started carrying the swagger. This has been unusual to watch a team that really hasn't done anything carry themselves like this. This is, this is, I'm not going to say a bad thing about Ja, but they've taken on his personality. And I, I think it all begins and ends with him. He has supreme confidence and he plays that way. And I, I'm happy for it. The thing that remains the open item they they needed another adult like Steven Adams clearly is super important to that team and poor Verno keeps telling us to wait till Steven Adams comes back then we'll start we'll see a semblance of offense at the end of games mm. he'll settle them all down he'll be the adult in the room the only acquisition they made at the trade deadline was Luke Kennard who is a fine piece a good shooter but I don't think he's going to be an adult in in any room that that the the Grizzlies is going to give a shit about Listening to, they needed another like player with some gravitas. That's that was my view going into the trade deadline. Um, and you know, <laughs> Dylan Brooks is a is is the best agitator in the league. I mean, he was openly provoking uh, uh, Harden the other night. It was it was wonderful. I could not Harden enjoy got, it yeah, anymore. Yeah, he brought like a little side out of Harden. I was watching that when that happened. It was great. Harden was I've that I don't think I've seen Harden mad more than three times. 
since like the 2000s. Have you yeah, ever seen you him happy? Him, Have you seen Harden display any emotion, whether it be well, you joy can't or tell. sadness He's got or the happy? Whole, yeah. The beard yeah. just covers yeah. his whole We've head We've seen now. some pictures of him at Delilah's. He looks pretty happy. <laughs> <laughs> Love yeah, Delilah's. Yeah, the... Uh, when you say some adding somebody with gravitas, to me, it's not, it doesn't even have to be a player. Like they could add Sterling K Brown, just have them come mm. in and give like, this is us speeches in the locker room. It's just like, there's a yeah, Sam, Samuel L. Jackson, you know? Yeah. I'm with you house. We, we still love the Grizzlies so much that we're going to Memphis and we're going to eat barbecue there for two days in, in March. And I love the fact that they have positioned themselves as the agitator but it does feel like it's been counterproductive to them a little bit because since that Shannon Sharp thing, they've really kind of unraveled. And you could say, oh, it's Steven Adams. But I, I just find it hard to believe that Steven Adams is that important. All right, House, you go. You have a second pick. I thought this was a very hard challenge because it was much more, uh, it's much easier to go through the the probable stories of this year. Like, oh, uh, coming into the season, Will KD or Kawhi play 55 games? No, I don't. I don't think. So. <laughs> Will Kyrie sabotage the the Nets? Yes, that's probable. Not improbable, but probable. Yes, I. You know, will the 250 million dollar man in Washington? Will he deliver a team that that that's uh, 500 better? No, that's probable. I, all those things are are hard, Imp- improbable, and really seizing the mantle for the most lovable team in the entire NBA. Light the motherfucking beam. It's the Sacramento <laughs> Kings. Not only were we bullish on what they showed us on paper coming into this season. We were all over. They're over in terms of their win total this coming season. We thought that there was a beautiful chemistry experiment underway that they could really make something happen. By golly, they did it. And not only that, they like each other. And not only that, they play all the fucking games. There's no load management in Sacramento. Look at how many dudes have played at least 50 games on that roster. It's wonderful. And they came up with this spectacular gimmick. Light the beam. I'm all about it. God bless the Vivek and God bless the Kings. They are 35 and 25. House, we did for our big, we did our over-under pod with Priscilla. And our big, our big boost that uh, we did for FanDuel, which seemed, you know, we, we weren't sure about it. It was Nuggets 50-plus wins, Bucks 50-plus wins, and Kings 35-plus wins. They boosted from plus 320 to plus 450. And we all like the over with the Kings, but it's still the Kings. They haven't made the playoffs since 2006. They've hit the over. They're at 35. <laughs> 20 games left. They're at 35-plus. I had that. That was my second pick. Um, Sacramento becoming a competent NBA franchise. It's been so long. Like, think, like, Jacoby, you and I have known each other since 2006. It, it feels mm, like I've yeah. known you my whole life. We've only known each other since 2006. That was the last time, that was the first year the Kings didn't make the playoffs. So that's how long it's been for them. I went through longest playoff droughts, um, which everybody knows, Sacramento, 16 years since they made the playoffs. The next team is Charlotte with six. And then the next team is Cleveland with four. So they are almost three times as long as a playoff trout as anyone else in the league. That's incredible. And then last round one playoff series win. Their last one was 2004, which was the same as Minnesota. So that's almost 20 years. Charlotte's the leader. 2002 is the last time they won a playoff series. Congrats to them. Detroit's 2008 and Orlando's 2010. 
That's everybody that hasn't won a playoff series in 2010. So just them getting in the playoffs with potentially a game seven at home, Jacobs. I mean, you, did you watch that Clipper game? Would you stay up for it? It was the game of the year. I, I sold my tickets because we had like a monsoon here and I could have been there. It was the game of the year. Absolute game of the year. Insane. And my so guy, Malik the, Monk. Remember the Bulls last year at the beginning of the season? It was like they started out really hot and they had these new pieces and you were like, okay, I could smell that one kind of falling apart. Yeah. And I can't lie. I did feel the same way about the Kings. And now I was wrong about that. Like I was, they, I was watching Kings Thunder tonight a lot more than I was watching Timberwolves Warriors. Yeah. Because they're just, those are two fun teams to watch. They're not just competent. Like you had them as a competent team. They're a fun team, a young team, a team I want to root for. And House really touched on the most important part. They've got a gimmick. They've got a gimmick. It's like Dave Coulier with cut it out. They've got a light the beam gimmick. Like they've got like, they've got a bit. They've got a gimmick they can go back to, and it well, fucking rules. Remember the Celtics the when they had Gino dancing on the jumbotron, and it was like it felt like it pushed them up a level. That they had really this did. old '70s disco guy with long arms dancing at the end of a win. Gimmicks are great. Anytime a gimmick seems authentic and the team's winning and it's actually working, um, just an amazing the fact that it was 16 years, four presidential terms, basically. But they finally did it in that game the other night. Um, I, the way Fox is playing right now and Sabonis, who I have as third-team All-NBA center right now, 20 games to go, and then a bunch of shooters. You expect Keegan Murray will get better as the year goes along. I wish they had made a trade at the deadline, but maybe maybe they just didn't want to uh, upset the apple cart. Kendrick Perkins, who, as you know, will come in on on Twitter with the, with the fire of a thousand forest fires. He said today... Mike Brown was the front runner for coach of the year. And I, I mean, first of all, it, the take burned my eyebrows off. So I had no eyebrows left, but then I was thinking like, that's ridiculous. And then I was thinking like, well, who is the coach of the year? Who is? <laughs> Maybe it's not an insane take. <laughs> I don't know. And you, I also have to mention Kevin Horter, who I've always liked in Atlanta. And they've unlocked, they've unlocked Horter, who's, who's just, I just, I just love his game. Something about him, something about his, his whole, I can't really put my finger on it, what it is. The headband. Oh, right. He's a, he's a white guy from America. That's what I like about him, but he's amazing. <laughs> the, uh, the Mike Brown piece. I don't know. I can't top it house. I can't think of another coach of the year. Well, I, I'm not gonna, um, step on. Is it Missoula my... who was barely a coach? He was like the number two <laughs> assistant. Well, there is a connection. It's Will Hardy from my uh, humble opinion. Oh, going 30 and 31, 31? Yeah. We'll and, and a team that, that should make the playoffs, I think. All right, here, I'm up on the clock. Here's my uh, most improbable 2023 NBA story so far. Markel Fultz is a better trade asset, asset and guy to have on a team than Ben Simmons. That's an absolute fact. Oh, wow. On February 26th, wow. 2023, if we were still able to trade and Orlando got called by Philly or by Brooklyn and they said, we'll trade you Ben Simmons for Markel Fultz, Orlando would say no. If we were doing a draft of players, Markel Fultz would go ahead of Ben Simmons. It's just, what were the odds of this, Jacoby? This would have been 30 to one three years ago. Ben Simmons made the All-NBA team at age 23 in 2020. He was third team All-NBA. He's a 23-year-old. And now he's the 13th man on the Nets. I'm... We all had Ben Simmons on our list somewhere. And I love what you did because I, 
forgot that Fultz and Simmons are sort of linked in this way. And I remember when Orlando extended Fultz early, like it was like after like one year, I was like, what are they doing? He was like hurt at the time. So I was like, I was like, they know more about Fultz than I do. Right. Like they've yeah. seen more of him and his work ethic and his practice and his rehabbing. They see something in Fultz that I did not. And this is what they saw. Like people always talk about the young like triple magic, doubles and they don't mention Fultz. Fultz has been great. And I've always I, I love defense. Right. I think people forget that's 50 percent of basketball. And I've always loved Ben Simmons because he, like me, is a mentally weak basketball player. You know what I mean? Like just just easily shaken, you know, confident, miss one shot. Don't want to take another one. Like, but. I didn't see this coming from Ben Simmons. Now he's saying he's not healthy, but I don't. I I, I didn't see anything like this from Ben Simmons. And even the coaches in press conferences being like, "I don't even know what to do with this guy." That is not helping his trade value at all. But I did never considered if if Brooklyn called or Orlando and said, "I will trade you Fultz. You trade me Fultz, and I will trade you Ben Simmons." They would say no. They would. How's which, which Ben Simmons are you buying buying going for? Brooklyn Ben Simmons or my Ben Simmons? Oh, I mean your your Ben <laughs> oh, Simmons. Close. I think my Ben yeah. Simmons is coming on now. He's like at I, least like yeah. ten to one underdog now. I'm not. I don't think uh, this is probably going to have to get edited. But I mean that that makes it that, that that's that makes it clean for I me. Think, I think he, <laughs> I, I'll take Kyle decide on that. One. <laughs> I'm just very 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 sad about. The basketball Ben Simmons. I'm just very oh. sad about it. Like we 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 spent a lot of our time and energy on this podcast this year trying to figure out where he can go to get a fresh start because he he needs. I honestly wonder if he should leave the country if he should go play in Australia oh, or wow. New Zealand or something for a wow. year. Find too much himself. money. He's walking away from too much money. He can't. I, I understand. I I got it. But like he needs he needs a kind of uh life reset like the, no, the last two years have it. been miserable jacoby let's hear it i got it take a week off join aaron Rodgers on a trip to peru ayahuasca for four days and ben simmons comes back like the old ben simmons darkness I, room you know, what about you know dark, can we throw the darkness room in too yes, why yeah, can't we yeah, double do no it stimulation room show, ayahuasca it, in the darkness room and a shaman the whole thing have the shaman sit behind him on the bench all year whatever it takes but i remember when he said he was going to play this year in Brooklyn. I was like, this is the perfect spot for Ben Simmons. They need defense. They do not need him to shoot. They've got Kyrie. They've got KD. This is the ideal situation for him. They need him to run in transition where he is one of the best passers and finishers. They need him to catch and dunk, and they will set him up with wide open, easy looks. This is going to be perfect for him. They're bad at defense. He's good at defense. He can guard all five positions. He'll be guarding the best player. This is the ideal basketball situation for Ben Simmons. And then they started playing basketball. <laughs> and then he stopped. I mean, you could argue it's the ideal again. situation now. They have a million wings and a couple long centers, and they and he could be the point for for them. It's it's really a shame. I hope he figures it out because I really thought he was such a unique player, and I I was a big fan of his. Like they, all the stuff he did, I really liked. It's sad to watch. He's only twenty six. We're gonna take a break and keep the draft going. This episode is brought to you by Verbo. You know, it is already stressful enough to deal with airports, delayed flights, bad weather. You want your actual where you're staying experience to be perfect, to be lights out. You don't want to have to worry about anything. When you book a vacation rental, you want to know exactly what you're paying ahead of time. The stress of getting hit with unexpected cleaning fees after your stay, that can immediately cancel out all the great time you just spent unwinding. Thankfully, 
When you book with Verbo, you can see the total price upfront. There are no unpleasant surprises and the savings do not stop there, my friends. When you book with Verbo, you earn 2% cash back toward your next vacation through the One Key Rewards program, letting your money do the work for you while you've got your feet up. So while other vacation rentals can feel like a roll of the dice, relax knowing you booked a Verbo. Book your next private vacation rental in the Verbo app. This episode is brought to you by Taco Bell. If you're anything like me during a busy day at work, I need lunch that is just as fresh as it is delicious and easy. And the all new Cantina chicken menu from Taco Bell is exactly that. Made with high quality ingredients like seasoned slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, shredded purple cabbage, and avocado verde salsa sauce. The new Cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina chicken menu at Taco Bell now. All right, most improbable 2023 NBA stories draft. Jacoby, you're up. Okay. Um, Bill, your kids are a little bit older. House, your kids are kind of my age. Um, Encanto is a very big Pixar film. No one talks about Bruno is sort of the most memorable song from that. And for the fourth pick in the improbable stories that you would never tell me draft, no one talks about Ime. Ime Udoka. Remember, he started coaching the Celtics. They sucked. Right. And then he coached them. They beat the Bucks in seven. They beat an Eric Spolster led Heat in seven. They go to the finals, lose to the Warriors. He is the hottest thing in coaching. And then there's this controversy, which we don't get a lot of details about. He he allegedly had a consensual affair that with someone that works in the, you know, in the building, and that broke the 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 bylaws of the Boston Celtics. So he's just gone. And then there's a rumor he was going to coach the Nets. I have a theory that like Adam Silver was like, let's not do this. You know, he's just like, let's, let's not do this. But no one talks about Ime Udoka. If you think about the teams in the NBA, the 30 teams, which teams would be better with Ime Udoka as the head coach? Why isn't this discussed? Why doesn't a team hire Ime Udoka and who will he coach next year? I just think that I'm surprised. It's, it's an improbable story to me that he is not more of a discussion topic and a potential head coach. When you look at someone like Quinn Snyder, who just got you know signed today to coach the Hawks, no Udoka's name not even mentioned. Why is that the case? To me, well, there's an improbable story. I did not expect to play out this way. Yeah, that's fair. I think I think everybody's been told hands off till the summer, but I think he will be one of the top coaching candidates this summer. I don't know. What's your take, House? Do you have a take that what, we can was it, run on was a podcast? His name was associated <laughs> with uh, what the Nets were going to do, right? Wasn't he? Yeah, yes. Nets and, be the, a, yes, it was and a the Hawks for a split second. But yeah. yeah. But but so it must be the case. He's under contract with the Celtics still, though, right? He hasn't. I, that contract hasn't been terminated. So is Snyder. Yeah, I think it's terminated at the end of this season because they, they announced Missoula was the full-time coach. I don't need um, to be uh, overly legal about it. It's not like the contract matters if, if if they really wanted him to go somewhere. I guess it must be the case that they were giving him a one year cooling off period and then he'll come back. I, I mean, that that's and, and he will be in demand. I hope that uh, Washington gives him a long look. Cooling off period. I'm going to lay off that one. Um, all right, House, you're you're on the uh, you're on the clock. Yeah, so. I think it this one might might straddle the line between probable and improbable, but I'd just like to congratulate the Los Angeles Clippers for ruining the NBA regular season because mm. no team is more responsible for shining a giant spotlight on how little many players, many organizations care 
for the regular season, for the fans. They will take uh, perhaps an outsized hit, and I'm giving it to them my, myself, by virtue of uh, the way that they've staggered Paul George and Kawhi Leonard's uh, minutes all the way up to this moment. But every uh, instance since the beginning of the season when they were playing that stagger, that guys sit out for for reasons that are 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 not obvious. It goes back to to me the the Clippers, and they are paying the price for it. This is a team that is barely five hundred, a little bit above five hundred. That was supposed to be a contender to win the Western Conference, a potential NBA finalist. They just brought on Russell Russell Westbrook. He single handedly sabotaged a game in which they were up by fourteen points with four <laughs> minutes left in the fourth quarter. He was the missing piece. Yeah, yeah, and they, you know, trying to to experiment with with pieces at this stage of the season because you're barely above 500 because you rested your most important players for most of the season, it's disrespectful to the rest of us, and I think they murdered the regular season. I had them as a side one of uh, just that anyone would go on to Russ Westbrook as the final piece. The fact <laughs> that they played that card, I thought was astonishing. Uh, just didn't understand that at all. I just. I just don't get it. I don't, I don't fundamentally, I've been watching basketball my whole life. I don't get it. I just don't, I don't think he's a guy who could be on a basketball team playing more than 25 minutes a game that can win four straight playoff rounds at this point in his career. As the game slows down, as things get closer, teams are just going to back off him and he's going to have to shoot, which is basically what Sacramento was doing the other night. Kawhi had this insane shooting performance and they still lost. And I, I just, I don't get it, Jacoby. Just fundamentally, I don't understand it. The only thing that makes sense to me is if they just use him as a regular season rental. And then in the in the playoffs, he's got that role come in in the second quarter. And if you make three shots, then we'll, we might consider you in the second half. I mean, I can't. I, but I, but he I, still I thinks he's a great player, Tyler. though. Like, like you, can't, you can't accept that if you still think you're like an all-NBA player, which I, I genuinely think he does. I still think he thinks he's really good. Of course he does, but I think I, I have I have faith in Ty Lue. I, you know what I mean. I, I think that he will he will manage this. It's really about Kawhi Leonard's health and and abilities more than than Russell Westbrook's impact. It's well, funny they, you they, have you have more okay. faith in the Clipper fans too because they're super frustrated with Ty Lue right now. Like I, I think that there's a huge break between how the national media and the fans think of Ty Lue versus how the Clipper fans who watch this team, like Terrence Mann, who I think all the Clipper fans are really in on. And there are all these advanced stats of when he's playing with Kawhi and Paul George, like they're like borderline dominant with the per 100 stats. And he played the 18 minutes the other night in the double overtime game. So I think people are looking at it going, you're going to play Russell Westbrook, who the Lakers are trying to trade for a year and a half. Over this guy, man, when it wouldn't, this has clearly been our third best player. Anyway, um, House, I have a, I have a Clippers related to what your pick was. Same for me. Most improbable story for me, sixth pick of the draft. I'm really fed up with Adam Silver. Oh, hey now, yeah. I, I just think the league has a lot of problems right now. And it feels like a league that's kind of missing missing the parent. It's like an absentee parent league mm. where, you know, I, where is he? Where was he an All-Star weekend when we took this All-Star game, which granted was never great for the last 20 years, right? It got 
the competitiveness started to wane and wane yeah. and wane. But we always but had you, the fourth quarter. We always had like, yes, you felt like there were moments. It was fun to watch. Now it's like just a layup line. It fucking sucks. The whole weekend sucks. But the uh, the player, just guys not playing, team, people not knowing who's going to play from game to team. Somebody told me this story. Uh, they went to a Laker game the other night and they were in the in the kind of runway at the top of the stairs when you're about to walk down. And it was like the game had already started and there was a kid who was decked out in LeBron stuff and the, the dad and the son had just gotten there. And the, the person who I heard the story from said to them, wow, you love LeBron, huh? And the dad said, yeah, I hope he's playing tonight. And his kid's wearing like all LeBron stuff. And it's like, that's kind of this point we've arrived to at 2023 when you go to games or you're going to bet on a game or whatever, and you just have no idea who's going to play. And I, to me, it's like, I just, David Stern, I had a bunch of issues with, I think he really tailed off the last eight, nine years of his career, but he still had some wins. He had a lot of losses, but I just feel like he would have really cared about this. And I don't feel like the league does. And we, House, we've talked about this before, but I'm just regurgitating it. What do you think, Jacobs? Well, a couple things. I can't take my kids to games because it's too expensive. Like that's another thing. It's like I, I, like I, I went down to Washington to House's Hood with with my son Quincy, just the two of us. We were gonna. I looked at the prices for a Wizards Knicks games, right? Just looked at the prices. Couldn't take them. It's it's insanely expensive, right? And then I think everyone talks about player empowerment, player empowerment, player movement. That doesn't bother me as much as players not playing does. And I think, Bill, one thing that you know and I know is this is sort of a contract year for the NBA too. Like, the rights deals are going to be up soon. So this is when you should be looking your best. You know what I mean? This is this is a contract year. These next two seasons are contract years for the NBA. And I think if you are Adam Silver, you should be smart enough to know that you want to look your best when you go into meetings with streamers and with networks and say, give me billions and billions of dollars for our products. It he's he's a in the Godfather where they have the peacetime conciliary versus the wartime conciliary, and I think he's been a good peacetime conciliary. But now he's got to be a wartime conciliary a little bit here because I think there's some real stuff happening with the league that's starting to mirror for very different reasons what the late '90s were like when. Fans just had a lot of issues with whatever was going on with guy, the amount of money people were making for the, how they treated the product on the court. And you go to these games and somebody who's making 50 million in a year and it seemed like they didn't give a shit. And now it's like a different version of that where people think it's okay to just, Hey, I'm not playing tonight. Or teams are like, yeah, I'm not going to play this guy. Like, why isn't, what, what happened to Shea Gilgis Alexander the last two games? Okay. So he's like, yeah, we're going to, you know, mate, we're going to sit him out. Like, I just, I don't like it. And if you're going to devalue the regular season, then we have to come up with real ideas for how to change the regular season. Maybe we have to think more soccer style and go 60 games or something like that so that the regular season games are just more important where you have to play because you have, uh, you know, a much smaller sample size. I don't know what the answer is, but the answer is in play 82 games and everybody's going to miss 20 to 25 games who matters house. Well, and, and, you know, we we went through this just in the, in the last handful of of, of days. <laughs> the Portland Trailblazers on the 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 first game after the All Star break encountered a snowstorm trying to get from Portland down to Sacramento. They made it, 
They they were going to play. They decided to rest Jeremy Grant and, and Dame. Like how many times in a year? Because they're in the runway. Like imagine telling Oscar Robertson that story. Oscar it's, Robertson was like <laughs> transferring planes four times to go from like Syracuse to Cincinnati and then just going on the court in shitty shoes and playing 48 minutes. Well, and, um, and think if you're, a, if you're a fan of Sacramento and you want to see one of the, the hottest players of the last like, you know, 30 games. Dame Dollar might drop 50 on any given night. Well, he I, did I today. Looked, we just got we go. hot off the press. Dame had 71 <laughs> at home. We just found oh, out against shit. the Rockets as we were recording. Didn't yeah. play the other night. Was awesome. Yeah. The All-Star game. Took a game off. Um, Won the three-point shooting contest and then could have been his first game. Should have been in Sacramento, but took the night off for for reasons I, I, I still don't understand it. But I'm Jacoby, interested... I here's why I think they're going to care. Sorry to interrupt your house because like the ratings for the all-star game, the whole weekend was absolutely atrocious and there's regular season ratings are way down. And, you know, you could say part of that is, uh, well, you know, the playoffs are fine, whatever. But I, I think it's a combination of the way kids and younger people consume the league. Sometimes they're not even watching the games. They're just going to YouTube. Like I don't, is Quincy a fan Jacobs or no? Yeah, like Ben Simmons is, I would say he's somewhat of a fan, like knows what's going on, but would never sit and watch a basketball game with me, but feels like he can follow it through TikTok and YouTube. And what what should really worry the league is what happens when those kids grow up and now they're the people who would spend money. And are they going to spend money when their whole habits, their whole life has been to not not actually sit through a game? And if you're de-incentivizing them from from I don't know, caring about the regular season. I just don't know how that's good. There's no upside at all. They need less games. We all know what the answer is. It's, but, the, you know, everyone says, well, what about the money? What about the money? Take a, take a, take a short-term hit on your rights. Your rights deal is going to be lower, right? I understand that. But, but the rights if, deal, right if, deal is going to be higher anyway. So maybe that's a little bit of a yin-yang thing. And you're splitting the money with the players. We, you know, it, it's just the answer is less regular season games. That, that is the answer. We all know that is the answer and it just needs to happen and it's going to be a, a, a short-term hit but a long-term gain. What would Stern do? I don't know. I think you just have to do less. It has to be shorter. It has to be a shorter regular season. That is the answer. That is, and I can't take my kids to games. I got three kids. I'm looking at four tickets for like a bad tickets for the Knicks or the Nets even and I just cannot do it. Every time I look at it, I'm just like, no chance. No way am I doing that. Spending a thousand dollars to watch the Knicks lose by fifteen, no chance. Oh come on, the Knicks are red hot right now. Last thoughts, house. Now, yeah. Well, just the the TV aspect of it is what intrigues me. We had news over the weekend of another set of RCNs, you know, ab- about to go under. All of these these local TV mm. deals are all going away because they're not profitable. They can't make any money. I don't I I don't understand how it is that the league expects some kind of you know gigantic whopper of a, of a rights deal at the national level when they're telling us they don't give a shit about the regular season. Why are they so certain that there's going to be a giant increase in the national rights deal? If, if the NBA finals this year is Denver against Milwaukee, what kind of rating do you think that that's going to, uh, going to fetch? Uh, they were very lucky to get Boston and golden state two marquee franchises mm. in gigantic markets last year. And they celebrated the fact that there was a 22% increase in overall viewership of that of that finals, let's see what that looks like if we get you know some smaller market teams into the finals this this year, which seems very possible to me. Well, you think like 
going back to the 80s, Magic and Bird, they give way to Jordan. Jordan, um, a bunch of stars pop up during that whole run. The Knicks are involved in the mid-90s, even when Jordan goes away. Jordan comes back. Then you have this whole new wave of stars after Jordan leaves. And we get the Shaq and Kobe era. And then we kind of head into the mid-2000s. LeBron is starting to come in. Kobe's there. Um, we have LeBron and Kobe. Then Curry rises in the beginning of the 2010s. Then we have LeBron and Curry. Curry's now 34. LeBron's been in the league for 20 years. Now in we have Walker w- Kessler. In the next wave of guys, it starts with Walker Kessler. Yep. But yeah. the next wave of guys, ironically, Tatum is the only American out of the top five. You've Giannis, you've Embiid, you've Jokic, you've Luka, and then Tatum and Ja, right? Those would be like your top six. So I I don't know if any of them are going to resonate the way Curry, LeBron, like going backwards, all those guys I just listed. So that's another issue too. It's like, who's going to be your version of, you know, Messi, Ronaldo, MJ, like, like the signature dude. Um, it's a very interesting time. I just... I need some indication that Adam Silver doesn't like this at some point. Mm. Just at some point, you're in charge of the league. This is your league. Like when the Donald Sterling thing happens and that's an easy slam dunk, everybody wants the guy out of the league and you get to ride on your white horse and he handled that great. That was awesome. But now, now we're in the tough stuff. This is the hard stuff. This is, I, you are now actually potentially losing fans and losing passion for the game if you don't fix this. And he doesn't seem fixated on it. I'm disappointed. All right, Jacoby, let's do one more round. What do you got? If you would have told me in September that a Greg Popovich coached San Antonio Spurs... I had this. This is my next pick. ...was going to lose 16 games in a row in the National Basketball Association with professional basketball players... And the way the lottery is structured, you all know this, that they, they sort of like smooth that slope. So you're not as rewarded for being the worst team in the league. I'd be absolutely, I'd be shocked. I, 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 would, I, would, I would wonder about his health. I would wonder about a clone situation. And then you got to think, then you remember how they started their season. Their lottery pick was kicked off the team for exposing himself multiple times. Primo. Like a team psychologist. Bad. Tough one. And then, who also claims that the team didn't do anything about it when she reported it. I don't know if any of that happened. It's all alleged. But it is like this. If, if you would have told me that this Spurs season would play out this way, I would have assumed something really dramatic happened to Greg Popovich. The fact that this is happening in front of my eyes, I have to do like a double take every time I see it. I, I'm <laughs> shocked. I want to know what you think, Bill. Like, how did this happen? How did Greg Popovich, the head coach, Losing 16 games in a row in the NBA, it's hard to do. House, this is what Popovich said in April last year. I can't operate like that, meaning tanking, which might not be the most intelligent overall philosophy to have, and I get that, but we am who we am. We're going to go ahead and compete. I think the young players gain a real understanding of a philosophically moral space where it's the right thing to do to continue to compete. Frankly, I do not know how I'd go to my team and say, okay, guys, we're not going to compete the way we should. He has this long quote about how important competitiveness is. They've just lost 16 straight. 16. He's the best. And, the, and if you think about how hard winning 16 is, it's, it's like not equally hard to lose 16, but it's like, you're the neighborhood. It, here's the defense. 
they did this and they got Tim Duncan and they got basically two decades and they got five titles and they ended up with one of the best seven players of all time. And they must think Wembenyama is that good for them to do this. That's 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 my take house. I, I, totally I don't agree. think they would do this every year, but I think they're looking at this and they're like, Wembenyama and look at Scoot. Did you see that picture of Scoot this weekend? Scoot awesome. looks like he's 30. He looks he, like he's a like linebacker. He, yeah, he's complete. It, it, seriously. He's a well, if you man. fall to number three, then you get, oh, oh, wait. Oh, wow. That, oh, then it gets. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. no. There's some other guys before. Oh, you no. There's some other that guys guy. that are involved in some very serious situations in no, Alabama no, that, right now. Okay. Isn't there another non US player? Anyway, I my view of the Spurs is like uh, right on time, like the clock, you know, strikes 12. Who's going to be the very best team at tanking? If you put a challenge in front of the Spurs <laughs> and say, here's the challenge that's in front of you, let's go execute this match. You'd be the champion of tanking. <laughs> no, we find out who coach of the year is. I think we just that's found out. Exactly we we talked right. through it. We talked yeah. it through Greg Popovich, coach of the year. I'm glad I'm glad that we have, we, we were able to unpack this on the pod house. You're right. <laughs> Nobody well, more we masterful. Have, we have uh, trauma for Wimbanyama sweepstakes right now. Rockets are 13 and 46. Spurs 14 and 47. Detroit's 15 and 46. Then the fourth team is Charlotte, who actually has looked pretty confident lately. I was texting you about this last night, House. Yeah. That Hayward's been playing pretty well. They've won four straight. Yep. So it seems like they know they're Orlando's 25 and 36, they're fifth. So Charlotte can actually try and they're kind of locked into the fourth spot. But uh Houston versus San Antonio versus Detroit. The, they've combined it's a eight game losing streak, 16 games, and four games between those three. So that's where we're going. House, who do you have for your next pick? It's the Utah Jazz. I'm feeling, you know, at this point in the season, I want to be uh, glass half full. I like good stories. I like good storylines. When we were sitting uh, in in October, me, you, and and Rosillo trying to forecast which team is going to, you know, be openly uh, uh, planning for the Wembyana sweeps to. They they compiled a, a mismatched team full of castoffs and castaways. Yeah. And God damn it, Will Hardy and Lori. I really I I, I had to put Utah on here for Saruti because Saruti had to stand up to Larry Markinen and publicly what apologize a live show. To, his, yeah. to his face in in, in Utah. I think man. I have to stop calling him the Finnish Bargnani, which which kind of hurts. I mean, I've been calling Lowry Markin in the Finnish uh, Bargnani since his, his his arrival as a rookie. Little known fact, Jacoby fucking loved Bargnani's game there for like three years. <laughs> he really <laughs> did. <laughs> when he got traded to the did. Knicks, I was Remember like, when the Knicks oh, got yeah. Bargnani, Jacoby yeah. said, whoa, yeah. whoa like, here we oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> 20 points fire. a game guy. Yeah, uh, he, <laughs> put him he, with he, Mozgov. Who knows what's going to happen? He definitely <laughs> had an unbelievable girlfriend. That's the only uh, thing I remember about Bargnani. Yeah, that's a good one on Utah. I... About, I had a Utah side one of just most improbable being Gobert just for Walker Kessler as a terrible trade for Minnesota. <laughs> like just those two, <laughs> take away everything else that was in that trade. Just straight up Gobert for Kessler. If you said in September, if this trade was just Gobert for Kessler, Minnesota would have a lot of regrets. You'd be like, that's crazy. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And yet Walker Kessler is the new Bill Russell. Um, all right. My last take Man, you guys took some good ones there. You're picking last. I don't, I don't really want to. I don't want to use my last nice pick. Be, LeBron averaging 30 points a game, 17 years apart. 
seems pretty improbable to me, but not quite improbable enough for a draft. But if pick. I would told you that in September, you wouldn't you wouldn't be like, uh, you could see that happening. Yeah, I could have seen it. Yeah. Brooklyn making that crazy Durant trade, but then not trading Seth Curry and Watt Nobby, and now they're just kind of buried on the bench. I I'm just confused <laughs> by awesome. that. I don't it's not it's improbable. Awesome. I'm just more dumbfounded. Like, how is Seth Curry not on a contender? What are you doing? It's like they made that trade and there was like, what, 15 hours left the trade deadline and Sean Marks is like, I'm going to go outside and have a cigarette, guys. I'll be right back. And they never saw him again. It's like, there's still 15 hours left in the trade deadline. How do they still have Seth Curry house? He played six minutes today. The guy I, on Miami, he would close games for them. I, I really think that there's a decent chance that, that not only do they drop down into the into the play-in, but that they get bounced, that they're out of the playoffs altogether. Oh, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Contenders for that. Oh, but how do, they, how do they end up with Seth Curry? Like, hey, put him in the Phoenix trade. Put him on Miami. Put him somewhere. They they should try to at least buy him out. We have multiple Rivers family members on the Ringer Podcast Network. Anyway, I don't have that one. I, I think I have, even though we talked about them earlier, I think I have to do this one. Golden State, twice in four years, coming off the finals, missing the playoffs is an actual possibility. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't care how crazy, like the pool punch, all that stuff, but just thinking like, oh, Golden State might actually miss the playoffs. That's in play. But this just happened in 2020. They missed the playoffs after they made the 2019 finals. That could not have happened in the history of the league. Somebody making the finals twice in four years and then missing the playoffs the next year. That has to be making history. Anyway, I, I would have that for most improbable. And then the other one, this would be my tie for the last pick. Then Jacob's the Knicks nailing a free agent signing. Like actually like nailing it. Poof. I'm trying like, to think of the last time nail that happened. into the wall. I mean, you could say Randall, what was that? Three years, 63 was pretty good. Yeah. But this was like a marquee signing. You had the Knicks fans going, wait, Jalen Brunson for 108 million. But this, this like, one of the best signings of the last couple of years. Yeah, it's, it's the Knicks are extre it's extremely exciting here in New York with what the Knicks have been doing of late recently. And also like also improbable RJ Barrett still on the team. Julius Randle still on the team. They've got I mean, RJ Barrett's like a tick away from averaging 20. They almost have three 20 point scores. Well, I, I'm amazed. Brun Brunson's the king of New York, isn't he? Isn't he Cubs? People love. Yeah, Brunson. I mean. He's like, he's like five, nine. It's so wild. It's just like, it doesn't make any sense. Like I'm watching the game with my nine-year-old son. I'm like, see that little dude there. He's the best player on the floor right now. He gets to wherever he wants and he scores in the paint constantly. And he gets whatever shot he wants. And he runs the team. It is, is really been, it is, it is, it's a, I had, I had faith in the sort of like new look front office because of like who the people were in their names, but they hadn't shown me much. But this time is one of the first times I was like, oh, maybe they do know what they're doing. Okay, this makes some sense. This does make some sense. And then and then, pushing this another way. So we all love the challenge. Now the Knicks, the Knicks aren't Johnny Bananas from a title standpoint. Johnny Bananas, seven titles, made the finals, just made the finals with Nani, almost won an eighth. Go. I went on his podcast, I said they'd talk about it. But Banana is like an institution on the challenge, right? Year after year, people coming at him. And the Knicks are an institution in New York, even though they haven't won a title since 1973. They're still the Knicks. The New Yorkers, there's generations of fans they are going to care about them the most. And the Nets were like the guy in the challenge who comes in who's like, they were like Nelson. 
they were like, this is my year. I'm going to, I'm going to steal the challenge from bananas. I'm going to go right at him. This is my challenge. And then it was just a disaster. And then they lost on some climbing thing in round two. Um, the Nets challenge to the Knicks in New York was aborted. Oh, yeah. it was bad. Um, it was, it was, it was never going to happen done. from the beginning. It's over. Never going to happen. It from never the had a chance to begin with. So we've got, we've got James Harden, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the <laughs> same team in New York city collectively. was just like, so we've got Julius <laughs> Randall. <laughs> They're like, we just got Hartenstein. <laughs> Should they They're relocate? Should Brooklyn relocate Jacoby? Oh, <sighs> oh, they can't. Um, it's you know the jersey's going to sell. They're going to be good eventually. The Liberty play there. Are they? It's a great venue. Uh, no, you know, I think I, New York like should this, have two teams. This, I like this. I, it's I same thing with LA. Like they ne- people come through twice. It's a huge city. You get I mean, Giannis, double the Giannis games, double the Jokic games. Like there's a game in stealing from Jersey though. That fell. That, why the why the theft? Well, Jersey I mean, was close be, enough. You ever go to a Nets game in New Jersey? It was one of the most depressing things ever. But I like when. Because it happens here in LA too. Like Jokic has a has a weekend in March where it's like yeah. Knicks at one o'clock on Saturday, Nets at one o'clock on a Sunday. And if you love basketball in New York, it's like all right, it's Jokic weekend. Or you have the same thing where Giannis will be in there Knicks Tuesday night, Nets Wednesday night, or something like that. So and we I'm can glad gamble they have two here. Teams. We can gamble here, so you know the second game is almost guaranteed to be an L. It, it, it happens all the time. It's like, oh, we're playing the Knicks on Thursday, and then we're playing the Nets on Saturday. It's like, they're going to lose to the Nets. That is a schedule loss. You're going to go out Friday night in New York City. I know you are. House, gambling legal in Massachusetts on March 10th. Whoa! That is yeah. bad for the J-Bug. I mean, it's, it's not bad like he for hasn't been... a few people I know in the, in the extended <laughs> Boston area, um, including myself when I go back to Boston. Yeah, right. I was just in Colorado for... Uh, for all-star weekend and it, you're just looking at those all-star props. You're like, all right, Mac McClung minus 125. <laughs> winner. <laughs> you really start. Well, you know, it's, it wasn't a winner. It was team LeBron. Um, but it is, it is nice to have those easy ones. Um, all right, guys, did we hit everything? Jacoby, any non-basketball stuff you want to talk about before we go? Ooh. Um, I went to an indoor water park all weekend in, in um, Pennsylvania. Okay. And um, you just really have to be in a mindset where COVID-19 not only doesn't exist now, but never, ever existed. <laughs> when you have 4,000 people just like in a pool together. Or and, bacterial uh, infections. Or- yeah, oh, also like foot fungus. You just have to, I was just like, I, because you can't wear your shoes around because you're going on rides and stuff. So they're just like walking around in these, but I stepped on a, a hot dog bun that was soaked. And like, if, ah. like, I don't like the feeling of wet socks, but when I look oh. down, there's hot dog bun between ah. my toes. It was wild. And I made the mistake of going to the bathroom. Again, oh. 4,000 people indoors. Bathroom, completely empty. My wife said the same thing about the girls' room. There's no line. There's no, all stalls. Oh, because people just go all in the water. Open. Everyone's that's just going in the pool. Of course, that's what it's there for. I had a great time though. Shout out to the Kalahari Resorts. So, the, so this is your last <laughs> podcast with us before you're bedridden for like 11 days. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna have, to have my left foot <laughs> with a diarrhea, diarrhea bronchial infection. <laughs> I never, yeah. I never wear sandals. You know what I mean? Because oh. I live in New York. So like the the little the thong part was digging into my toe and created like a cut. So I had like an open yeah. wound on my foot in this environment. Oh. I'm definitely gonna have to have my left foot amputated. It's gonna end my pickup basketball career. How's you have a quick parent corner along the lines of water park? 
<laughs> I have one if you want to think about it. Yeah, you go ahead. So my son is just inexplicably playing varsity lacrosse. And I went to his first game on Tuesday. And I realized I hadn't been to a lacrosse game in 35 years since, since I was in high school. Going to see my buddy, Jeff Gallo, playing high school for our, our high school team. And there was so much I didn't know. I felt like I was, you know, like the the parent who doesn't know anything that you laugh at when you're at like a basketball game. And, you know, one of the parents is like, is it three pointer? That's three points. Make right? a goal. And they just asked them Make a cross. goal. Shit's <laughs> happened. This lacrosse game. People are getting penalties. And it's like, there's a 30 second penalty. There was a minute penalty. There's three, three defenders and three offensive players are just on one side of the field. They're not allowed move. to come on the other side. <laughs> it's, they're, they're just, just standing there. So my <laughs> son came in, he played defense and he's just standing next to this guy for 30 <laughs> seconds. I'm like, come on, Ben. And he, I'm like, oh, he moved. He walked one foot and then something comes on his side and he's got his long stick and you just get to like beat the shit out of people. <laughs> and there were all these things I didn't realize. Like, Somebody would shoot a shot and it would go out of bounds. Out, like, of bounds oh, out of yeah. bounds. It's the other team's ball. It's like, nope, no, actually, they're, they're run after was it. the closest to the ball. They still have the ball. It's like, what? How do we still have the ball? They just threw the ball away. Um, I loved it. I was, I was reacting and, you know, there's a lot of goals too. They won like 17 to five. And every time there's a shot and I'm the, there's probably like, I don't know, 80 parents there. Every time there's a shot, I'm like, oh, like I'm, I'm like grunting, yelling, oh, I'm the only parent clapping. Everybody's been to lacrosse games for years and years. It's just like this, you know, um, I, I really had this. a great time, guys. Lacrosse. Who knew? I I'm love in. this. I'm buying lacrosse stock. <laughs> well, they're, they're, the professional league is going to be very happy to hear that. There is, they're like a touring professional league. Some of it gets on ESPN occasionally. Well, but you know what I liked about this was each team only had, you know, every team there's like a hierarchy, especially in high school. We had a couple kids that just went like, you know, they broke up a play and they just went full field, dodged a couple dudes, took two hits and then scored. And it was like coast to coast. It was fucking amazing. Does that happen when we get to the pros? I really, uh, yes. I got to get more focused on this. I might add yes. a league, guys. I like the pros run more plays. They really like run plays in the pros. It's a little more organized than like high school. We were driving home and Ben's like, I really like lacrosse. So I'm like, this is great. This is, I didn't, you know, my daughter's going to college. I didn't, during the spring, I'll have no club games to go to. I, I really felt like I had a void. I'm going to have to like start doing more stuff with my wife. Thank God. Now I have more games to go to. This is great. I'm in lacrosse. Thank you. Thank you, Ben Congratulations. Simmons. Spectacular. The, thank you, the Great good sport. Ben Simmons who wants to play sports. Uh, House, do you have a paraphrase before we go? <laughs> I do, ben I do. I, I'm glad you gave me a minute to think on it. So my, my kid uh, was a public school kid up until, you know, through through COVID. And then, you know, he the school that he was at only went through fifth grade. So we started in sixth grade at a new school, whole new set of friends. But he has managed to remain pals with his his public school buddies, our neighborhood buddies, primarily by way of the internet, primarily mm. by mm. way of connecting on uh, the, the Discord, and they talk and they strategize and they uh, make all these schemes and they play this Roblox. But once, uh, I would say every couple weeks, he figures out a way for them to be in each other's company. And, and yesterday was one of, of those days. These are 12 year old boys, some of whom, uh, talk like they're, you know, 
uh, 12 going on 19 or 20. I mean, uh, I, I, I can, I'm, I'm worried about which, what direction my kids headed with the internet, but I will say there was a very charming milestone moment yesterday. All the boys had a great time with it. My kid out of nowhere dropped the, uh, unexpected moon. He pulled his pants down right in his buddy's <laughs> face and the, Amazing. it brought the whole house down. The, <laughs> the kid who didn't catch the first ass demanded that, that my kid come around and do it to him as well. It was a double moon. The 12 year old boys, my kid with his ass out shining the, the bright light. It, it gave me some real hope. This is what Amazing. kids are supposed to. This is what we do. It's what we did to each other. It farts, we farts mooning. Yeah, you're right. You're right. The double yeah. moon. It's it's so like salad house eats three. You can't just puke once. You have to puke twice. And the second time you puke, you have to try to puke on Bill Simmons. Yes. So, House, you right. were worried. You worried as we entered whatever fucking weird time we're in right now right. that even moons would be out the window. Well, and and thinking about how little time they spend in each other's company, right? The kid, the yeah. kids, you know, it's hard for the buddies to get together. They're not going down to the park and playing football every day or shooting hoops every day. They're getting online and play the Roblox. Yeah, face to face. There's still a place for the moon. That's the, that is my one of my the, parenting tips for everyone out there. But face to face, let your kid hang out with face. other kids or ass face to, to ass, face, face ass to, to moon. ass, moon to moon, puke to puke. Dave Jacoby, it was wonderful to see you. Thanks for coming on our little Sunday night podcast. Joe House, a pleasure as always. I thought it would be Drunk House, but it felt like it was... I'm saving like that. Semi-sober Sunday House. We'll see you for the Worst Contracts pod. Uh, thanks, Cockrate, for producing. Thanks to Steve Cerruti as well. I will see you in the Rewatchables feed on Monday night. Uh, until then. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Squatch. What you use in your personal care routine matters, so upgrade your lineup with Dr. Squatch. They have high-performing natural products with no harmful ingredients. That'll have you looking and smelling your best, like their Wood Barrel Bourbon Bar Soap and Lotion or their Bay Rum Deodorant. They even have some limited edition soaps like their Avengers and Star Wars collections. Those seem like they'd be fun to try. And right now, they have an amazing offer for new customers. Get 20% off your first purchase of any amount or a subscription order by going to drsquatch.com slash Simmons or use the code Simmons at checkout.